grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The good, blessed Dr. Martin Luther wrote in the holy and blessed sacrament of baptism. He said, as we can plainly see, the sacrament or sign of baptism is quickly over. But the spiritual baptism, the drowning of sin, which it signifies, lasts as long as we live and is completed only in death. Then it is that a person is completely sunk in baptism, and that which baptism signifies comes to pass. I know it's hard to kind of pull apart a quote that was originally said in German and translated into English and have someone read it to you. Here is what Luther is effectively saying. Your baptism, probably for the majority of you, is not something you remember. It's a moment that passes quickly, that washing of water and the speaking of the word of God. But, Luther reminds us, it is something that is in effect and at work all throughout our entire lives, and our baptism isn't really done until we die. Then it is that a person is completely sunk. In baptism, when sin no longer more is a force to be reckoned with, but is removed from you forever. Dear baptized children of God, your baptism is something that takes place your entire life long. Indeed, there is a daily battle being waged between your flesh, the sin that still attacks you and tempts you and wants to mislead you, and the spirit given to you that makes you new and makes you a creation, a new creation in Jesus Christ. The baptized children of God do battle daily. And that has always been the case. Israel, you might remember the story, and you might have heard shadows of it in our Old Testament reading today. Israel was baptized when God led them by Moses out of their slavery in Egypt. And you know how the story goes. He brought them through the Red Sea. The waters parted and they crossed on dry ground. They literally went through the water into that wilderness. And then as God likes to do, he likes to repeat a good story. He does it again after Moses leads them for 40 years in the wilderness and they're on the threshold of entering that land of promise. They're right on the east banks of the Jordan River, ready to cross into Canaan under the leadership of Joshua. Joshua is the one who leads them, who will now bring them through the water into that land of promise. 
albeit a land filled with enemies, filled with those who hate the Lord God, filled with those who would see Israel destroyed. But of course, it wasn't really Moses who led Israel out of Egypt through the Red Sea, and it wouldn't be Joshua, strictly speaking, who would lead them through the Jordan River into the land of promise. No, it's established by the Old Testament that it is the Lord God himself who goes before his children Israel, who goes before his people, who brings them through the water and goes before them in all the battles that they face. Be it Egypt, through the Red Sea into the wilderness, be it the wilderness through the Jordan River into a land of Canaan that's occupied by hostile people, or be it your sin and through the waters of baptism to live as his child today and for always doing battle against your flesh, against the devil, and against every enemy that is out there. In the book of Joshua, we read that they were led by the Ark of the Covenant. If you're an Indiana Jones fan, you remember Raiders of the Lost Ark, you remember a little bit about the Ark. It's not Noah's Ark. An Ark was a vessel for safekeeping. Noah's Ark was big. This one, not so much. About four feet by two feet by two feet. So a rectangular box overlaid in gold with two golden cherubim set on top of it. And poles of acacia wood that ran through rings on the side and one person would carry it in the back and one person in the front. And inside that Ark of the Covenant, we read that the people of Israel were told to keep the tablets of the law that God had given to Moses, a jar of the manna with which he fed them in the wilderness, and Aaron's staff which Moses used to part the Red Sea. They were all items that reminded them of the Lord's deliverance out of Egypt. But it wasn't just remembering what the Lord God had done for them in the past. No, we read throughout the books of Exodus and Leviticus and, uh, and uh, Numbers and Deuteronomy and here into Joshua that where the ark is, that is where God's glory is. He is the one who is there with them and the ark is that promise of it. So when they would set up camp and erect the tabernacle, the big tent where they worshipped, the inner part of it was called the Holy of Holies. And that's where the ark was kept. And we read at the end of Exodus, after they first put up the tabernacle, that the glory of the Lord filled it. Right in the middle there where the ark was found. And so, wherever Israel went, as long as the Ark of the Covenant went before them, they had that promise, that assurance, that their Lord God was going before them and fighting for them. They were not alone. There was no enemy or threat that they could not overcome 
the Lord God fought on their behalf. The Lord goes with his people through the water into the land of promise, into the place occupied with enemies. And so you, children of God, baptized children of God, you have a Lord who goes with you through the water and into the fray, into the battle, who fights for you no matter what enemy you face. It is not a coincidence that the one who led Israel, God's chosen servant, was Joshua. The Hebrew name Joshua in Aramaic is Yeshua, or as we say in English, Jesus. They had the same name. Jesus comes to be an even greater Moses, an even greater Joshua, because he leads not just the sons and daughters of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but all people to be brought into that nation through the waters of baptism to be called God's children. And he leads them through that water into not just a political land, a geographical boundary. He leads you through this world into the battle, into a kingdom that lasts forever and cannot be taken away. We do well to remember that in baptism, the name of God is put upon us. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Don't think there's not some risk attached with that. In fact, there's a lot of it. Because when you are marked as a child of God, when his name is put upon you, how do you think Satan reacts to that? How do you think the enemies of our Lord react to that, knowing that someone has the name of God placed upon them? They become the object of attack. And so every time it is we bring, say, a little baby forward to be washed with water and have that name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit put upon them, rest assured the devil has that little child set in his sights to do whatever he can to wrest that child from the grip of God. We do battle. You, who have the name of God upon you, don't be fooled. Don't be ignorant. You are doing battle daily against your flesh, against the devil, and against the enemies of our Lord God in this world. Those things are real, and they seek to destroy you. The Lord, though, is the one who goes with 
and before his people on their behalf into every struggle, into every confrontation. Jesus brings you through the water and into this world and daily forgives you and restores you and strengthens you by the Holy Spirit. That is at work every day of your life. In our gospel this morning, Jesus stepped into the waters of that Jordan River to be baptized by John. John who said, I should be baptized by you, not you baptized by me. But Jesus said this is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. And there in those waters, he, Jesus, who enters this world to go through the water on our behalf is declared as the one with whom the Father is well pleased. He is the one fit to go on our behalf through the water to the cross, to his bleeding, his suffering, his dying, and his rising again from the grave. He goes there for you through the water into not just any old battle or fray, but to bear the curse of sin and death and damnation upon his own body. St. Paul reminds us in Romans chapter 6 that those of us who are baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into his death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. You, baptized children of God, going into a world that wants to destroy you in so many unimaginable ways, you go in Jesus. You go in Him who has died and risen again. You go in His death and His resurrection, which become your own. You die and rise to sin and live a new life daily by His forgiveness. And you have the promise that when your baptism is complete and you breathe your last breath and your body is laid into the ground, your body will live once again when Jesus returns, that you might live in glory with him forever. Your baptism is the reminder, the seal, the promise that you are not alone, but your Lord Jesus goes before and fights for you. I absolutely love that I've seen so many of us as Lutherans recover the beautiful practice of making the sign of the cross. For those of you who think it's, it's too Catholic, well, then you have a problem with Luther. And who's more Lutheran than Luther? Who in the catechism reminded us daily, make the sign of the cross when you pray. It is a wonderful practice to adopt. To touch yourself on the forehead, the chest, and each shoulder and say, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It is a reminder of your baptism. It is a reminder that daily 
Your Lord Jesus fights on your behalf. It is your reminder that your Lord Jesus has secured your future. If we can't do that because it's too Catholic, then what are we doing? What a wonderful thing to remember that Jesus fights for me. And I am baptized into his cross. That sign I make upon myself. He has already overcome sin, death, and the devil by his suffering, bleeding, and dying, and rising again. And in that cross, I have my champion, my victor, my redeemer, and savior. Dear brothers and sisters in Jesus, these are just but some of the ways in which we remember that our baptism lasts our whole life long. That as Luther reminded us, though it's a far-off event that most of us don't remember, it is something that God is doing in us and for us day in and day out. Until we die. Until we are raised to live in glory forever. And so... I urge you all this day to go forth, eyes open, wide open, to the threats of the world that want to destroy you, the threats of your flesh, the threats of that devil. But confident and joyful that as the Lord went before Israel across the Jordan into that land of promise, so he goes before you, wherever you go. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We continue with our offertory found on page 192 of your hymnal. I invite you to please stand. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God, and...